podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Series 3, Episode 24 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. Jesse Lingard is a man once again. Romelu Lukaku proves himself on the big stage. Mourinho sees off Conte. We haven't been with you for a while for various reasons, but we're back and let's start with that Chelsea game. United's second comeback win in the Premier League this season, apparently, and the first time we've come from behind to beat a big six side since the 4-2 against City in April 2015 under Van Gaal. But a very good win, well managed by Mourinho, and probably the best place to start is with Romelu Lukaku. A fantastic game and his best game in the United shirt, you'd say. Yeah, definitely. I have to agree. Um, brilliant performance by him, especially after he got. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Especially after he got his uh, his goal, that seemed to take a huge weight off his shoulders. And to to be fair to Lukaku, I think this is kind of the reward for him for what has been, I think, a very very good last couple of months for him. You know, we we spoke a lot about his performances with the ball at his feet, especially after the City game, but. The last couple of months, he has really, really improved that aspect of his game. His hold-up play has got so much better. His link-up play, especially with Martial, has become really, really strong. And this, I think, was the culmination of that. We saw everything that we thought Lukaku was going to bring. He had very, very good hold-up play for the majority of the game, especially after his goal. Took his goal very, very well. Um, and then, it, oh, I think, the, was it like the 93rd minute, that surging run through Chelsea's oh, yeah. defence just kind of summed up his afternoon. That was exactly what we thought Lukaku was going to bring. Um, I, I would definitely say his best best performance in, in a United shirt and gets a goal and, a, and an assist to go along with it as well. It was it was brilliant. And, I, and like I said, I don't think this has come out of nowhere. It was just the first time he's put in that kind of performance against a big team, which is what we've all wanted. Yeah, that I mean, that late surge of of pace and, and power to beat I think I think it beat at least two defenders maybe more and then win a corner it was just it's I think it, it's coming from a growth in confidence over the last few months and I genuinely think there's there's been a significant improvement in Lukaku's hold-up play because a lot of the time when Lukaku was failing before so if you you think in the period where he lost confidence when he was in the goal drought so from about the October international break until the the Manchester derby back in December sort of mid-December time I think a lot of his hold-up play then, the reason people saw it was bad was because he would actually hold up the ball. It's not he'd miss it the whole time. Occasionally, he'd jump for a header and, and not compete for it, and you think, what's that? But on the whole, he'd get the ball and then just lose it. Um, so the yeah. key bit of improvement has been him managing to get control of the ball, and then once he's got that is where the improvements come. It's where he's laying it off to Martial. He's got a better connection with Jesse Lingard, with Martial, with Pogba even. And it's... It's complete. It's transformed his game, um, and it's not just a sudden improvement. It is, I think, it's a steady improvement ever since that City game, where he was truly woeful. And I don't know how he was kept on the pitch. Um, it's been an improvement. A fair play to Marina for sticking with him, not just in the in the context of the whole season, but in the context of a big game like that where he's shown his faith. Um, I think it was a wrong decision at the time. I still think it does, but I think Mourinho showing that faith in him in big games like City where he didn't perform well and he was still kept on the pitch and then continually starting and starting and starting and not being dropped for United is has has helped him develop that skill and, and keep his confidence. I think a key turning point in the season for Lukaku was the the, um, the draw against Leicester. Yeah. Obviously, we didn't come out of that game with the win that we should have had, but 
came up, I think it was around two weeks after the Manchester derby. And I, at that point, I would definitely have said it was his best game in a United shirt. He didn't get a goal, but his all-round play that day was phenomenal. He could have had about five assists, and we all remember all the missed chances. Um, and his, his hold-up play, his link-up play. And one thing that we really hadn't seen from him before was the ability to actually put... Um, brilliant through balls to put his teammates through on goal which was something we hadn't seen from Lukaku at United and for me that was his best performance until this Chelsea game and I think that was a big turning point because he it was it was very possible I think for Lukaku to after that City game kind of go into an even bigger lull even bigger drop in form with his confidence shattered uh, but he really bounced back well and that Leicester game was a big deal for me and it really showed what Lukaku can do when he is able to um to have good general play and it showed exactly what he can bring to us and I think since then you know the goals haven't dried up they haven't been as prolific as they were at the start of the season but you know I was watching match of the day uh, normally match of the day pundits uh, analysis isn't exactly great but uh, Craig Chapman made the point that you know he's got 22 goals now in his first season at United which is no mean feat and there's not many people that come come to a club the size of United with the pressure that that brings especially with the money that we ended up paying for him and score 22 goals in their first season. Uh, and I think we have to kind of take stock of that a little bit and remember how much he has given to us. And hopefully now he can start giving us that, everything that he can bring to the table in the biggest games too. And hopefully this is sort of the launching pad for the rest of the season and beyond. Yeah, I think so much of Lukaku's skill was shown in that game. You saw the power, the pace, the, the good finishing, the composure, the stamina. I mean, take that surging run at the end that you described earlier and, and won us a corner late in the game. That that sort of action and an event from Lukaku is just as important as as, a, as an important tackle near the end of the game, keeping the the pressure off from from the Premier League champions um, who are putting a barrage on United's goal come the end of the game. The stamina to have that Lukaku's played in in almost every game in all competitions this season for United. The stamina to be able to do that at the end of of such a big effort in a game. I mean, that's extraordinary. And then you see the power and pace come into that, the composure for the finish and a great first touch for that as well. And the ability to, for, for a big lad to, to sort your feet out there, um, was brilliant. And you saw the, you saw the range of, of Lukaku's non-goal scoring contribution. So for Lingard, he got the assist, great feet, beats two defenders and then an accurate cross to Lingard. And then for his own goal, you've got Lukaku, albeit a mistouch originally, recovers from that. And then there's some nice, interlinked passing play, good movement to spot where Martial's going to play the ball and get into that rather than um, standing on his heels. Lukaku created his own goal and created the second goal. Um, you, you really saw the range of Lukaku's ability and a lot of the time he's, he's criticised for being a one-dimensional striker for just scoring goals and even further for just scoring goals against the small teams. But he's done it in a big game. He's done it when United needed him, both for his own goal, for the equaliser and for Lingard's goal. Um, a cool finish, a great assist and... Only four Premier League players have now scored more than Lukaku and no centre-forward has, has provided more assists for their team. I mean, as an all-round player, that's a fantastic record for a player who's come from a smaller club to the biggest club in world football and performed and for some reason has been criticised a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you kind of saw a little bit of that frustration about the criticism that he's had throughout the season after the game. He came out and said, you know, I deserve more respect for what I've been doing this season. I think that's true. You know, obviously the games everyone's going to remember are the biggest games. And ultimately, that's where the best players leave their mark. But I don't think we should forget the contribution that he has given us all season. Like you said, most assists out of any any centre forward to their team this season. 
um, 22 goals now, 21 before the Chelsea game. You know, this, these, these are very, very good returns for a striker coming to a, a new club, a huge, huge club with massive pressure in their first season. That, in general, is, a, is seen as a very, very good return at the end of the season, let alone in uh, the, at the end of February with still three months to go. So I think we do have to kind of keep that in perspective a little bit. And hopefully this will now will kind of get... Get that pressure off his back about getting uh, getting his goal against the big teams, and we can see more performances like like this from him going forward. I just I I I have a lot of respect for Lukaku. I think after uh, this season, just because not only have his performance has been very good, and he he's rebounded from a lot of criticism throughout the whole season, whether that be beforehand uh, before the season about the price tag, during the season about his performances in big games, or you know the the constant stigma around his first touch and things like that. He he just seems to bat it all away and just keeps playing, um, and I think we we're really starting to see the best of Lukaku in the last month or so, and let's hope that continues throughout the rest of the season. He seems to be offering a much better partnership now with like, the likes of Martial and Pogba than we saw even right at the start of the season. A lot of his goals weren't coming from kind of great interplay where he was involved. It was sort of him getting on the on the end of good team moves. So it's nice to see him become a little bit more involved in the build up to all of his goals as well. I'm just really looking forward to what the rest of the season might hold for Lukaku and then hopefully what he can bring to us next season as well. Yeah, um, and in terms of in terms of demanding respect, it wasn't quite give me respect, but it, I mean, you look at the coverage of Lukaku's performance, a lot of it is, why can't he do this more often? I mean, and this isn't just, I mean, match of the day is fairly soon after, it wasn't on there. Um, but minutes after the game, after Lukaku's put in a fantastic performance, the, I mean, the, the coverage should be and would be for most players is what a good performance this is what he can do this is what people should realize he can do not why isn't he doing this more often um praise should also go to jose Mourinho. um his impact in the middle of games has been questioned a lot since i mean over the last three four years really um i think most people still accept that he's a a, a quality manager overall but there are a lot of questions whether he can make game-changing decisions you come out at halftime, United are quicker, more aggressive, more incisive, created more chances and, and seemed, looked like they knew what they were doing um, in comparison with the first half where it was a, a, a bit shaky. Get the equaliser and then after that, goes further, makes a winning substitution. Antonio Conte brings off Eden Hazard. That proves to be a big mistake and, and a very questionable decision. And Mourinho brings on Lingard and he scores 11 minutes later. It's a, it's a nice reminder that of, of Mourinho's effect within games as a, as a manager. This was a huge, huge game for for Mourinho. What, watching our performance in the first half, seeing us go a goal down, you could sense the the potential for this to be not not the end for Mourinho, but a very, very big dent in in his time time at Man United. The whole the whole atmosphere for the whole game at, at Old Trafford was really strange. It seemed very, very tense. I mean, it was very subdued. First of all, for um for a game a, a big game like Chelsea. And when the goal went in, you could see the crowd getting restless the whole game. Anytime, you know, uh, we'd get the ball and, and people wouldn't look to go forward, the crowd was getting more and more frustrated. And I think I think the comeback and the way that Mourinho played such a big role in that comeback was huge for him in terms of a keeping a lot of the um, fan base on side, which I'm sure he doesn't really care about as long as he's getting wins. But also, I guess reinforcing belief among the fans and the players that actually we can do this in big games. We can just because we go down 1-0 doesn't mean that we're never going to come back because a lot of the games this season it's almost been like you turn up for a 0-0 and if you concede it's game over so yeah. I think this was a really really important win and I think um, 
I think on Sky they showed a stat that we've now got the most goals from substitutes of any team in the Premier League. So yeah, I think it's I think it's ten this season now. I think yeah. City are after nine, which isn't surprising given they've scored a preposterous amount of goals. But um, I mean, if you look at United as well, we haven't actually scored that much this season. So for ten of our goals to be from substitutions is is incredible, and most of them Jesse Lingard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and it, it, just, it just goes to show the depth we have in our squad at the moment as well, especially in attacking areas. Now, we do have a lot of options to come off the bench. Yesterday, it, well, sorry, on Sunday, it was, uh, you know, it, let, let's say it was that trio starting again up front, Lukaku, Sanchez and Martial. Then you've got Rashford, you've got Lingard to bring on, uh, maybe Ibrahimovic when he's fit as well. There's a lot of different options. Matter can come on. There's a lot of different options for us going forward. So it seems like we're in a good spot there. Uh, it's just a case, I think, of of nailing down a starting eleven at the moment. Um, at the moment, for Mourinho, very pleased that we switched to a four three three against Chelsea. I think, you know, first half we struggled, um, especially in midfield. Our midfield got bypassed a lot uh, with Chelsea on the counter attack, but in the second half it was a lot, lot better. And I think even more credit to Mourinho for that because clearly the changes that he made at half time worked, and he really galvanised the players. And we we looked a completely different team in the second half. That the the last forty five minutes of that Chelsea game, I would say. It's probably the best we've played against the top six side in definitely this season and maybe in, in quite a few years. Yeah, right. Let's talk. I mean, you mentioned the four three three. Let's talk about the three men in midfield, starting with McTominay. I mean, first of all, the goal shambles from him. Um, really, really poor and really questionable decision making, and yep. that can't yep. be glazed over. If if you track a player like William, I mean, come on. It was obvious to to anyone watching what McTominay should have done, but made up for it with a a, a very solid performance. I, I don't think I've ever used the word solid to describe a player more than with Scott McTominay. It's, it's nothing special. It really isn't, and it's <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's but marshalling it's, it's just how you describe him a lot of the time. It, it I mean, on the on the ball, he's nothing special. Um, you know, I think we all we all accept that, but he does a job for the team. I feel like I've, I've used that phrase for him so often as well. He does a job for the team. But apart from the goal, which was was really, really bad on his part, you know, you're either, you've either got to pass the man on when he first starts making the burst forward and make sure one of the centre-backs picks him up, or you've got to follow the run the whole way. You can't do the sort of halfway house job. But he recovered from that well. He for Especially after Chelsea's goal, he struggled a little bit to contain Hazard before that, but after that, he contained Aiden Hazard pretty well. Yeah. Especially in the second half, him and Matic worked really well together. Um, and then for for Lingard's goal, you know, it was his ball um, that started the whole thing off. Nice ball down the channel for Lukaku. And he he seems to be growing a lot every game that he plays. You know, Sevilla wasn't his best game uh, in the United shirt, but he was okay. Definitely not the worst player on the pitch. And against Chelsea, especially second half, he was very, very good. Yeah, and fantastically well-grounded. Um, speaking with Lukaku yeah. after the game, and that, that shows on, on and off the pitch. But yeah, marshalling Eden Hazard, who I would say remains the Premier League's best player, um, is, is, is a difficult job, and he did it very well. Um, the weaknesses in his game came in other aspects. Um, and... He is very, very, he's, he's earning Marino's trust and that's a very hard thing to do. And if you earn Marino's trust, you, you know you have a, a future at, at the top level of football. He's stepped up to the plate, certainly. Um, I mean, just on hazard, I mean, think about it. He's been marked by McTominay the whole game and basically McTominay's sole focus is hazard and yet still he managed to have an impact on the game. It's just, it reminded me just how good he is. But Nemanja Matic, 
I mean, we we mentioned it with Lukaku and and United as a whole, but Matic probably his best game in four or five months, maybe one of his best games. At United shirt, completely dominant defensive performance in midfield, assured, composed, leading that midfielder and leading United in a way. He, he's not he's not going to give someone a bollocking for their role in a goal. He's not going to do that with McTominay. But you see, I mean, who's who's Mourinho passing the note to when? Um, when Eric Bailly comes on late on to sort of consolidate United's lead, it's Nemanja Matic. He's that experienced figure in midfield and a, a brilliant performance. Interceptions, tackles, important when United are under pressure, blocking shots, did the best out of United's midfield in terms of preventing Chelsea from extending their lead and looked visibly annoyed when United did give up the leads after all his hard work. Great, great performance by Matic. Yeah, it really was, especially second half. I mean, like like the rest of our team improved a lot, but even in the first half, he was really the only one in midfield that was managing to stop anything. There were so many times in the second half where, you know, we'd have good periods of play and Chelsea would look to counter-attack, generally through Willian. And the amount of times Matic broke up the play was just brilliant. So many great tackles to make sure that Willian couldn't start running in on the, on the back four. It, it, was, it was a really, really good performance from a defensive midfielder. One of... He just did everything that you want from them. He didn't try and do anything too fancy with the ball, you know, realising that other players around him are more suited to play that role. He marshaled the back four really, really well. And to be fair, I think it's it's not been an isolation that game. Matic has he's had his ups and downs this season. There's definitely been games where it seems like the pace of the game bypasses him a little bit. But I think by and large, he's been a very, 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 very solid, consistent performer. And especially in the big games, he's been really the only one in midfield who's been able to put up much of a fight in midfield and actually managed to control things a little bit. So really, really um, positive from Matic, I think. And probably his best, definitely his best big game performance for us yesterday. He's been a very solid performer all year. And, you know, we talk about Mourinho's trust a lot. He is certainly in Mourinho's good books. He always has been. um, And I think it's just, it just kind of shows the trust that Mourinho has has in him. Like you said, to pass him the note during the game, he is really seen as the leader on that pitch, even if he isn't wearing the captain's armband. Yeah, absolutely. Just a word. I mean, we're praising Lukaku in comparison to Morata, the better player on the side, praising Matic. You look at United and Chelsea's transfer business, I mean, we've come off better. Paul Pogba, not amazing, but influenced the game and some amazing moments. I think there was one, there was one little turn where he sort of managed to manoeuvre his way out of three Chelsea players. And just, But not, not a sensational performance, but the kind that if he puts in consistently, he will start to get credit for. In, if he puts that kind of performance in consistently in big games, he'll start to to people realize and recognize his value to the side. I think some people are expecting like wow performances every every time, but I'd rather have consistent performances like that than have the occasional game like the Everton mm. game where you just sat back on New Year's Day where you just sat back and thought, oh, I mean, just amazing. You love to have that, but consistent things like these really make Pogba worth to the side. Yeah, I, I think to to sum up Pogba's performance, I would say, whilst it wasn't it wasn't an incredible performance, it was definitely a positive performance. Yeah. Um, I and you know Pogba, like Lukaku, has come in for a lot of criticism for his performances in big games. He often seems to try and do too much in in big games and seems to be feeling the pressure. And I think this was probably his best performance against the top six side. Uh, for United, he was a lot lot better in possession, gave the ball away far less. And like you said, some of the moments he popped up with were just incredible. Some of them, uh, I, it's, he's a pleasure to watch when he has when he pulls out some of those tricks. And I, it's just lovely to have someone like that in the team that you you wonder at any moment what they might um, what they might come up with. 
doesn't always come off, but that was definitely a positive performance for him uh, on Sunday. Very, very good in midfield. He was a little bit better defensively than he is normally um, as well, I thought. I mean, didn't have to do a whole lot because of the three-man midfield, which really helps him. But he seems to be getting more and more comfortable playing with the players around him, like Lukaku, like Martial. Still waiting for uh, for Alexis, you know, really to kind of gel with the team. I've been a little bit disappointed with the start that Alexis has made at Old Trafford. I think he's just not quite not quite fitting in at the moment. Um, needs to find a more consistent role. But overall, Pogba's performance was was pretty good. Like we said, not not anything amazing, not anything to really write home about, but definitely a step in the right direction in terms of his performances in big games. Quick mention to Jesse Lingard. We haven't got much time, but it does it again. Comes off the bench. He's vital to Man United and hasn't started. I think he started three of the seven games since we've signed Alexis Sanchez, but has been far more important to Man United. And another quick mention for Luke Shaw. Since Mourinho said, I don't see many left-backs better than Luke Shaw, on yeah. January the 19th, Shaw started one of the five Premier League games since, and Ashley Young has been not rubbish, but nothing special. So quite why Luke Shaw is not getting the chance, I'm not sure. Um, before we go to a youth roundup and then give our score prediction for the Palace game next Monday, um, Sevilla, we haven't recorded for a long time. We haven't even recorded since uh, the Newcastle defeat, and the less said about that, the better, to be honest. But... I saw Football 365 dubbed United after the Sevilla game, the masters of just doing enough. And that was uh, an apt description. Relying on De Gea, there's there's nothing wrong about having a great goalkeeper and it's needed to be a genuinely great team. But a genuinely great team doesn't rely upon their goalkeeper like United do. And it's worrying how much we we do. And we just made Sevilla look like a much better side than they are. And it's frustrating. Yeah, it it was really, really frustrating watching that game. And I just think it was was frustrating because not only are, are Sevilla... You know, they're they're not world beaters by any means. We're not. It's not like we were playing a Barcelona or a Real Madrid. And I understand it's a European away game, and I understand you the the you know you want to go to, into the second leg still in the game. You don't want to go go out there, go all guns blazing, and end up losing three 0 or whatever. But at the same time, Sevilla's weakness is in defence. They've conceded the most goals out of any team in the in the last sixteen of the Champions League, and we didn't even try and exploit that the whole game. We had probably one clear cut chance. Uh, with Lukaku in the first half with the ball over the top from Alexis. And it was just a, a really scrappy, awful to watch game in a lot of ways. It was really not nice to watch us play um, just such negative football, I think. And, you know, it's not like we were playing a team like Man City where maybe you can accept sitting back a little bit more because they are so good going forward. Sofia are a, are a decent team, but they're not amazing. And we didn't try and exploit it their main weakness at the back. So it was a really, really disappointing performance. Ultimately lucky, even in the end, despite playing so defensively, to come away with a nil-nil. Um, and and the problem is as well, yeah. you know, there's, there's this sort of general logic that goes around that nil-nil is a great result away from home in the Champions League. But it's actually not that good of a result because if we concede at home now, no matter what happens, we have to we have to score two goals at least. Um and so it's actually not a brilliant result yeah. to come away with a nil-nil. It's obviously better than losing, but nil-nil doesn't actually help us that much. It still just means that we have to win at Old Trafford. There is, you know, no unless it's another nil-nil, no draw. Well, I mean, even a nil-nil wouldn't send us through or take us back to extra time. But it's not as good, a, good of a result as we would have hoped for. Yeah. But you would still back us to come away with the win at Old Trafford. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think the the main thing, I mean, we're used to that mentality from Marino, but the main thing the severe game showed to me was that the the reliance upon individual quality from Marino yet again, and yeah. it was it was 
at the time, and after the Chelsea game, things are a bit more positive, and, and it shows just how fickle football is. But at the time, you think you're sitting there thinking there are there are so many brilliant attackers in this side: Lukaku, Sanchez, Martial, Lingard, Mata, players like that, and they're all not performing at their best. And it's not that isn't a coincidence in Mourinho's side. It's it's not to do with them underperforming. It's to do with the way that we're playing, and. Again, football three six five summing things up perfectly as usual. I think this was, I think it was Daniel's story. Was saying no cause for crisis talks, little cause for celebration, and that has been the, the thing about United for the whole of this season, really, um, which is a worry. Right, um, we need to move on. The under eighteen faced Everton on Saturday and consolidated their position at the top of the under eighteen Premier League North with a four one win against Everton, thanks to a double from young Mason Greenwood and goals from Largi Ramazani and Aidan Barlow. The under twenty threes faced Villarreal in the Premier League International Cup as we're recording this, while the under nineteens were knocked out of the UEFA Youth League last week after a two 0 loss to Liverpool. But it's the first time they've made it out of the groups and into the last sixteen, so an overall positive tournament. United have added Angel Gomez and Ethan Hamilton to the UEFA Champions League squads. Now, Crystal Palace on Monday night. United need to it's a long break, Sunday. We got an eight day break from the Chelsea game and this is going into this is sort of the, the easy game between a couple of hard ones and before three difficult ones against Liverpool City and Sevilla. So an important game. What are you predicting? I'm gonna go for a scrappy 2-1 win. I don't think it's going to be the easiest game. Palace have a lot of injury problems at the moment, which obviously helps us, but Selhurst is never the easiest place to go. We saw Spurs just about come away with a win this weekend. I think we will come away with a win, but I don't think it'll be a particularly good performance. Um, and I think Alexis will get his first goal um, in, in the Premier League away from Old Trafford and from a non-penalty situation. <laughs> yeah. You would hope Sanchez can improve. We didn't discuss him much, but not not set to the world on fire and yep. is detracting from the side in a way, I would say. But we can discuss that more after the Palace game if that continues to be the case. But I'm, I'm going to go, weirdly, I'm going to go 3-1, but a poor performance and an, an undeserved 3-1 victory. We're both being sort of backhanded compliments to United. Negative praise and negative hopefulness. But... There we go. So 3-1 or 2-1, according to us. Um, that's all we have time for on Series 3, Episode 24 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. Cheers for listening, as always. Been away for a while. We're nearing our 100th episode. Recording a special on the atmosphere at Old Trafford at the moment. We've spoken to Andy Mitten, founder United We Stand. Are speaking to Barney behind the club's other big fanzine, Red News, as well as a couple of veteran fans and hopefully one of the leaders of the J-Stand group and someone from the Manchester United Supporters Trust. Whether that will be our hundredth, um, we shall see. See how things go in the next week or so. But for now, for more from us, follow Jack on Twitter at... At UTD Tate, T-A-I-T. And me at at Harry Robinson 64 and the podcast itself at at UTD Weekly Pod. That's P-O-D at the end there. Cheers for listening as always. Have a great week. Goodbye. Network.